Okay. Boys, are you ready? Yeah. Here we go. Bedtime Story Adventure 2018. One episode every night from now till Christmas Eve. Chapter 1. The end of his first term at secondary school wasn't quite going as James had expected. With just a week and a half to go before the Christmas holidays, there were three things that were on his mind. Firstly, there was the fact that although he'd started in Year 7 at Patcham High School, he was lining up in his old playground at Balfour Primary. This was due to a large unexpected flood that resulted in Patcham High being uninhabitable until the new year. Secondly, he was behind in his maker project, which, despite the wetness of the school, needed to be finished by the end of the week. He'd joined Patcham's Maker Club at the start of the year, and it was great fun, but he'd hit a problem, and, if he was honest, he was starting to get a bit bored with it. Thirdly, and possibly most importantly, he'd noticed something weird going on in Brighton. Something with animals involved. Plus, he had a feeling. Not just the feeling of excitement before Christmas, more than that. A feeling that he couldn't quite put his finger on. But he knew what it meant. It meant an adventure. So, have you noticed them? he asked Jenny, who was standing next to him in the line. Noticed what? The rats. Jenny didn't answer. She was moving strangely, rocking back and forth on one leg, with her hands behind her head, a move that James had seen a hundred times or more. It was practice for her street dance performance, and it was quite frustrating when you were trying to have a conversation. Hang on, she said, and twirled 360 degrees into a kneeling position. Then she stood up and swept her dark hair back behind her ears. What am I supposed to have noticed? The rats, in all the rubbish. Don't you think it's weird? She wrinkled her nose at him. Not really. There's loads of rubbish because the bin men haven't collected it for over six weeks. And the rats like rubbish. What's weird about that? James sighed. She really hadn't been listening. He was really pleased that she'd been put with him at Balfour. Every child at Patcham had been reallocated to another school for the last week of term, and even though they weren't in the same form at secondary school, they'd both been put back in their old class. Yes, I know rats like rubbish, and I know there's lots of rubbish around. That's not the weird bit. On Saturday night, on the way back from town, I saw a line of rats moving from one rubbish pile to a drain, and I didn't see any other rats near any other rubbish. Don't you think that's strange? Maybe that was just a really juicy rubbish pile, she said. I mean, juicy for rats. It might have had their favourite snack inside. But it was outside an office building, not a restaurant. He was sure there was something going on. He just didn't know what it was yet. Did you say rats? A voice came from behind. James groaned out loud, and Jenny kicked him while giving him a stern look. Hello, Hugo, she said. Did they put you at Balfour too? What? Oh, yes. Mummy said my old school couldn't fit me back in. I'm not surprised, James muttered and received another kick from Jenny. How could she stick up for Hugo? Her manners were endless. Hugo was a tall, thin boy wearing a neat grey blazer. Against even the tallest year sixes at Balfour, he looked like a giant. James fitted in fine still, and Jenny could have been mistaken for a year four. Also, rather than a rucksack, he kept his stuff in an attaché case. James hadn't even known what one was, and had to secretly Google it after Hugo had told him. James and Hugo were in the same class at Patcham. James found the boy to be interminably annoying. It wasn't just that he had a whiny, annoying voice. It was that he used it to loudly and constantly state the obvious. And he didn't seem to notice that all the other children found this to be hilarious. James didn't find it funny. Just annoying. 
and for some reason Hugo had somehow attached himself to James. It wasn't so bad during lessons, but at break time James just wanted to relax and play, nowhere near Hugo. We've had some rats come into our conservatory, Hugo said loudly. Several year threes looked over from across the playground and laughed. Daddy says he'll poison them. Okay, okay, James said, but we're right here. You don't need to shout. Jenny kicked him again. Indoor voices, Hugo, she said with a smile. Hugo blinked. Luckily, the school bell rang, and the rest of the year six class began to line up behind them. No one questioned why three year sevens were at the front of the line. James suspected that none of the other children even noticed. But surely they'd notice Hugo. Hey, what are you guys doing back here? A familiar voice called from the next line over. Oh, hi, Wilf, Jenny said. We're back till Christmas. The flood. Nice, Wilf said. Then he lowered his voice and leaned in toward them. You think there's going to be any Green Hands gang adventures? Because if there is, me and Laurie are ready to help. James looked around before responding. Nothing yet, but if anything comes up, we'll let you know. Wilf gave a thumbs-up signal with a big smile on his face. For the past few years, the Green Hands gang had got together to solve mysteries, often involving local wildlife and sometimes real danger. And James was sure that this year the rats were up to something. Miss Kingsbury came out and looked both surprised and pleased when she saw James and Jenny. They told me I was going to have guests, but I didn't know it would be you two, their old teacher said. I hope you're not going to cause too much trouble. Don't worry about us, Miss Kingsbury, Jenny said. We've been given a ton of work to do. All we need is somewhere to sit. I'm Hugo, Hugo said loudly. Pleased to meet you. It's good to meet you too, Hugo, the teacher said with a smile. Come on then, class. Let's get in out of the cold. By the end of the day, James had certainly had more than enough of Hugo's voice. Miss Kingsbury had basically given the three-year sevens free reign over the quiet area of the classroom, which with Hugo's constant commentary hadn't been very quiet. But at least they'd spent the day doing whatever they wanted, which meant Jenny had practised her dance moves, and James finally got round to giving some thought to his maker project. When Hugo wasn't shouting at him, that was. Are you working on your rocket launcher? Hugo had asked after lunch when James was poring over his designs. Keep your voice down, James said, controlling himself so he didn't get another kick from Jenny. Yes, I'm working on my project, but it's a bottle rocket launch system. Calling it a rocket launcher makes it sound like a weapon. Oh yes, okay. I thought you should have finished it by now. Isn't the mini make affair next Tuesday? Hugo said, his quiet voice booming across the quiet area. James sighed. I'm stuck on the trigger. The motors I've tried don't have the power to release the bottle. There was a computer in the quiet area, and they took turns using it throughout the day. James worked out that he needed a special part, and that meant a trip into town. There wasn't actually a good electronics shop in town anymore, but there was something better. His school club was part of the Brighton Makers, who had an open workshop in town near the station, only a 15-minute walk from Balfour and the workshop had a good selection of parts, including, he hoped, the one he thought he needed. When Miss Kingsbury let them out at the end of the day, James was happy to finally get a rest from hearing Hugo's voice. He walked with Jenny to the end of Balfour Road. It was not easy walking on the pavement. The bins were piled almost to the road, and you had to pick your feet carefully. The smell on Brighton streets was pretty awful too. The worst part was that James was getting used to it. After a particularly stinky section of rubbish, Jenny turned towards her house and James headed through Preston Park into town. Strictly speaking, he was supposed to walk straight home on a Monday, 
but strictly speaking he should have been at after-school club at Patcham until five. That gave him an hour and a half to go and see if he could get the part from the Brighton Maker workshop. It was getting dark, and the park was cold. Cold was good as it kept the smell down. There were rubbish piles in the park too. Local people had moved bags from their doorsteps and heaped them into big mounds around the football pitches. It wasn't very nice for the park. Then again, it meant that the streets were slightly clearer. He hurried past the clock tower. It was still being repaired and had been cordoned off since the end of summer. James didn't know what was wrong with it, but there were big wire fences stopping you from getting to within five metres of the structure. Cutting through the rose garden, he spotted ice on the pond. Most of it had been smashed by kids hitting it with sticks, but in the middle there were some larger pieces still intact. At least there weren't any bin bags floating in the pond. At the southernmost point of the park, between the rose garden and the bend in London Road, was a very large pile of bin bags. James paid close attention to it for any unusual rat activity. There were no rats, but there was a group of adults huddled around their phones, not speaking to each other. Probably playing Pokemon Go. There were two gyms nearby. He was tempted to see what they were trying to catch, but he didn't have time for that today. He skirted the rubbish heap and crossed the road on his way out of the park. Under the viaduct, rubbish bags completely blocked the pavement, forcing James into the cycle lane. He'd just stepped out round a particularly nasty bag with something black oozing from the bottom, when a cyclist appeared from nowhere and almost crashed right into him. The cyclist swerved hard, swore loudly and carried on. James jumped sideways, slipped on the black ooze and fell hard into the waist-high stink pile. The smell was truly awful, but a sound caught his ear. It came from underneath him. Get off, it said. James carefully extricated himself from the black bags, trying not to put any weight on the patch of rubbish that the voice had come from. Slowly, standing up, he lifted a bag, and underneath it he saw exactly what he'd been looking out for. It was a very, very large rat, at least two feet tall, wearing medieval-style chainmail over a ragged reddy-brown tunic. In one hand it held a dirty pair of wire cutters, and with the other hand it was desperately trying to pull free a netting sack filled with electrical cables that was caught under James's right foot. James couldn't help smile. Despite the stink of the rubbish, this was almost certainly the start of another adventure.